0: When Jesus is led out into the wilderness he faces temptations, but why? What is the tempter trying to prove and how does Jesus pass the tests? Welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. If we haven't met before I'm Stuart and it's great to have you with us. If you're watching on video and you enjoy our time together then I'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page so that you don't miss out on anything. If you're listening to the podcast, then please follow or subscribe. You can find all of our previous services on our website at saint stonehouseorguk as well as information about who we are and what happens and more importantly, how you can join in. Today I'm delighted to be joined in our worship by Anne and Douglas Thompson. Anne will lead our prayers later, but first let's listen as Douglas reads for us today.
1: Our reading today is from Luke chapter 4 Men shall not live by bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendour. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time.
0: It's the first Sunday in Lent, and that means that we are presented with the temptations or testing of Jesus. Why? Well, because Lent was traditionally a time of giving things up. Christians fasted on the six days of the week and feasted on the Sundays. That, for us at least, was mostly done away with around the time of the Reformation, where much of the imposition of things like fasting and what were called holidays of obligation were removed. The Reformers believed that choice was important. If you choose to give up something, then two things are more likely. You will actually give it up, but also you'll see the giving up as a positive thing rather than some kind of punishment that God's imposing on you. But why give things up? Where does that come from? Well, from this story of Jesus in the wilderness going without food for 40 days. But this isn't just a story about physical endurance, although being tired and hungry will play an important part. This is a story about the temptations, the trials that Jesus will face, and that we all face too. I referred to these temptations several times in the last few weeks as we've journeyed through Luke's Gospels. That's because we see them at play again and again. So it's good, I think, to go back and look at them properly before we set off into Lent and that long walk towards Jerusalem. Jesus has just been baptised. And it tells us when Jesus had also been baptised and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon them in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Jesus has just been confirmed as God's son. That's who he is. God said so. You are my son, the one I love. But here's the thing. It's one thing to be told something and another thing entirely to believe it. And then it's another leap to get you to a point where you would stake your life on it. That takes time. A moment to get your head around who you are and what that means. If ever there is a time where this could all go wrong, it's now here right at the start where Jesus is easing into his ministry. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory And all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Three tests. Bread, mountain, mountain temple. They're the same tests but in a different order from the other Gospels and they follow the journey that Jesus will take, the feeding of the 5,000, the transfiguration on the mountain and the journey to Jerusalem. Bread is a test about human need, the individual want, satisfying your craving. You're hungry, why don't you just eat? It was the complaint the newly free slaves had in the wilderness. We're hungry, give us some bread. When God fed manna to the people, it didn't only matter because the people were hungry, it mattered because the bread came from God. They have each day to rely on God, every single day, and forgetting that lesson is the temptation that Jesus is faced with here in the wilderness. Bread matters. Jesus will go on to feed 5,000 people, then another 4,000. Bread will be hugely important in his ministry. Feeding the hungry is on Jesus' list of priorities. His answer, well, it is written one does not live in bread alone. It's a reminder of that lesson. We live because God created us. We live on all that God has created, not what we've made for ourselves. On the mountain, Jesus has shown all the kingdoms of the world and presented with a half-truth. This is mine to give you, says the tempter. It's perhaps one of the biggest temptations we face. Remember, Israel was an occupied country. The Romans were there, and their rule was enforced by horrific violence. The lie of Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, was at the heart of all. Do as we say, and everything will be fine. Don't, and we'll kill you. The emperor had declared himself a god. His word was law. He held the power of life and death. And one temptation is always for us to replace the person who's in charge to overthrow the dictator. Surely you could do better. You could impose your will on everyone. Make them do what you tell them. Or else. And that's the catch. Or else. To have this kind of power requires a compromise with evil. The or else is punishment, not love. Besides, the power is not the tempters to give. The earth and all its people belong to the one who created them. To God. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Finally, the temple, the place where God lived. Throw yourself off. But the test here isn't really about jumping, it's about scripture. The tempter quotes scripture at Jesus. It says here that if you fall, the angels will catch you. So let's see if it's true. It's a really sophisticated challenge. We see the same thing from conspiracy theorists. Let's take a little bit of truth, completely out of context, and fit it together with what we want to be true. People do it with the Bible all the time. It says in the Bible, let me quote you a verse to prove my point, but it says here. If nothing else, let this story be a warning against that kind of reductive thinking. The Bible is a library of books. Books of poetry, songs, history, law, sayings, letters and biography and some weird prophetic stuff. To simply pick out a verse is to miss the whole point of scripture. It's a whole and it's not the last word. God still speaks. God still acts. God is still at work in the world and so we should never be tempted to try to limit God to a moment or a sentence. It's hard to argue with scripture though. It says in the Bible it's like a trump card. Jesus doesn't jump, then is he saying he doesn't believe the Bible? We'll see exactly the same test again at the end of the story as Jesus is nailed to a cross. If you are the son of God, then why don't you just come down from there? Jesus answers this test with one more scripture. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. He brings the context. The answer isn't about why Jesus shouldn't jump. The answer is about Jesus' identity. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. Oh, and by the way, that's me. These tests are about the identity of Jesus. Who exactly is he? God has told him that he is his son and that he's loved. But these tests are all about whether Jesus believes that or not. These are the tests that we all face. They're the foundation of what I call the big lie. A lie that Jesus refutes again and again and again. We're not guaranteed an easy life free from troubles and worries. These tests aren't even one-offs for Jesus, so why would they be for us? We read, when the devil was finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This isn't over. There will be another moment, another person. The same tests are presented to us. You are a child of God. You are loved. How much do you believe it? Enough to rely on God for a daily bread. Enough to place God above all earthly authorities. Enough not to compromise with evil. Enough to be completely obedient to God fresh from the waters of baptism with the voice of God ringing in his ears knowing himself to be beloved of God. Jesus retreats to the wilderness taking his fill of communion with God knowing that all too soon everything would be changed forever realising that as soon as he stepped back into the treadmill of life even before that the opportunity for solitude for rest for soaking up the pleasure of God would be lost forever and sure enough Even before he emerged from the wilderness, he was offered the temptations of comfort, wealth and power that sought to sabotage his mission before it even began. On those days, when our status as beloved of God rests on a shaky nail, for us, not for God, when we're vulnerable, ready to give in, when it seems that it would be easier to use our own power, to assert our authority in ways that would trample on others' dreams and that would take us further from communion with God, may we be stopped in our tracks by the God who offers retreat in the midst of life. And may we know that God resources and enables us to choose hunger over comfort and compassion over power and love over everything.
2: I stumble Daily I fall Daily your mercy Is new at the dawn How fickle my heart Enough for my way We
3: Let us pray. Week by week, day by day, perhaps, we pray to you, dear God in heaven, asking for your name to be honoured, for your kingdom to come, and for things to be done here on earth the way you would want them to be. Day by day, hour by hour, we see the prayer and the reality growing even further apart. The rich nations grow richer at the expense of the poor. Wars are fought over land, resources and religion. People are evicted from their homes or flee in terror of their lives and no one will take them in. We talk endlessly about what needs to be done to reverse the process of climate change and words never seem to turn into action. And the church, which should be different, a shining example of kingdom values put into practice, is the same as all the rest. God of endless patience and steady hope, we remind ourselves that the prayer which Jesus gave us was for daily use. He knew that it would not be answered instantly with a thunderclap from heaven. It would be needed day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment, as people just like us tried and failed and tried again. As we lost our way and had to be found again, as we gave in to the same old temptations as our vision faded and had to be rekindled. So our prayers today are not for the world so much as for ourselves as part of a system that can only be changed by those who are part of it, one choice at a time. Help us when temptations come our way to recognise them for what they are and hold fast to what we mostly truly believe. If we are unsure about the right way to go, We must not rush but take the time we need to reflect and pray and ask for help. If we had made poor choices may we not compound them by keeping going regardless and may there be joy as well as duty in doing the right thing as we discover that peace which is beyond all human understanding and which comes directly from you. So many other petitions we would make so many people and situations that need the support of our prayers. But we take our guidance from Jesus, who gave us deceptively simple words to use when our own words failed us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Forty days of
0: questions. Forty days of wonder. Angels are very near. Forty days of praying. Forty days of action. God is in our midst. Through these days of Lent, May we walk God's way with God's blessing, God the Creator, God the Source and God the Spirit with us each step along the way.